Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Last week, we talked with Josh Mealy about some of the cool research he's been doing in the field of assistive technologies. This week, we're going to follow that up with a presentation that we did a little over a year ago with Josh, where he talked about doing electronics as a visually impaired person. We'll be speaking with both Josh Mealy and Ken Perry about the Blind Arduino Project, as well as other tools that enable blind people of all ages to participate in the vibrant global culture of hardware prototyping. But first for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Pete. People don't traditionally think of blind people involved in making hardware and electronics devices. They think of blind people doing software, but hardware is another issue that sometimes scares people away. Well, you know, anything is possible. We've had that philosophy in many other episodes of Eyes on Success, where we have people doing interesting professions and careers that you wouldn't think blind people would normally be involved in. And this is just another example. So today, we'll be talking about how some of the barriers that one would normally think there would be to doing hardware and electronics designs can be broken down and how it's possible to actually use your own creativity to make your own designs. As Pete mentioned, building electronics projects is just one of many, many things that people may find surprising that blind people are able to do it. And in this show, we've spoken with people about a large variety of jobs and hobbies and sports and other endeavors that blind people have been successful at. And if you're interested in finding any of those prior episodes of Eyes on Success, just use the handy search tool on our website at www.eyesonsuccess.net and you'll be able to find any show you're looking for by keyword, by title, by the name of the interviewee, or whatever. So if you want to look up shows on jobs, or sports, or knitting, or accessibility, or screen readers, you can just type any of those terms into the search tool and find those episodes. And with over 300 shows in our searchable archives, you're bound to find something that you're looking for. Let's start by meeting Ken and Josh and learning how they each developed an interest in doing electronics in the first place. Ken, we talked with you last week about being the project leader of the Orbit Reader 20 Braille display. So reintroduce yourselves for people who may not have heard you last week. Uh, my name is Ken Perry. I work at the American Printing House. I am a software engineer, but also I'm the project lead on several projects such as the calculators and also the Orbit Reader 20. And now a new product called the Graffiti, which is a tactile graphics display. On my off time, though, I do a lot of uh, hobby work, which goes to things like I run an online game server, uh, do a lot of woodworking, and what we're going to talk about today, I do electronics, both Arduino and uh, just all kinds of little kits and toys and things of that sort. And we're also joined by a colleague and friend of yours. Can you introduce yourself, Josh? 
Yeah, sure. My name is Josh Mealy. I work in San Francisco at a place called the Smith Kettlewell Eye Research Institute, and I'm a scientist there. I do lots of research and development on accessible technology stuff for blind and low vision people. I've been involved with a lot of work related to tactile graphics, so I'm super excited about uh, what Ken is working on. And uh, also wayfinding tools uh, like Over There, which is an iPhone app we just released for assisting people to get from one place to another and find out what's around them as they go. And also uh, a lot of video accessibility work. I um, developed a tool called YouDescribe, which is a website that lets anybody describe any YouTube video and share that audio description with everybody for free. And lately, for the last year or so, I've been working on something we casually call the Blind Arduino Project. And what that is really aimed at is to get blind and visually impaired people to be able to do the same kind of robotics and electronics that is so popular in uh, pretty much every high school and junior high and makerspace and so on. So the Blind Arduino Project is something I've been doing as a collaboration between my my employer, Smith Kettlewell, and also the uh, San Francisco Lighthouse. And I gather both of you are totally blind. You gather correctly on my account, yep. <laughs> yes, I'm totally blind. And you both also have backgrounds in electronics, hardware, and software. Is that right? On my part, I'm uh, what I'd call the less educated one. I actually was in the Air Force, and I was in wideband telecommunications before I lost my sight, which meant I dealt with things like high tropospheric scatter communications between you know one site and another, uh, hundreds of miles apart. I also dealt with everything from ground to satellite. They never did let me go up to the satellite, though, so <laughs> unfortunate for me. So I did a lot of that in the Air Force. And when I got out of the Air Force, they pretty much told me I couldn't do electronics anymore, and I believed them, which was a very bad thing. But I'm proving them wrong now, so... Yeah, I grew up as a blind kid. I have always been interested in electronics and physics and building things and taking things apart. And as a kid, I did all kinds of Heathkit stuff and, um, you know, sort of building things and, you know, taking apart radios and motors and all sorts of stuff. And I have been a tinkerer all my life. And then when I was a physics undergrad at Berkeley, I had a, a solid state electronics class, a lab class. So I learned a lot about building digital circuits in college. When I was doing that, I had never met any other blind people really that did electronics. And I was lucky enough to find out about um, Smith Kettlewell, which is where I currently work, but they had published a, a DIY electronics magazine for blind people called the Smith Kettlewell Technical File. And that magazine basically was a magazine by blind people for blind people who wanted to build stuff. And you can hear their enthusiasm about working on electronics and that carries over into all the work they've done in this field. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. This week's focus topic is how blind and low vision people can learn to create electronics projects. So now that we understand your backgrounds, both being blind and both interested in electronics and hardware, give us an overview of what the Blind Arduino Project is. 
So the Blind Arduino Project is what I sort of called this basic idea of getting information into everybody's hands about the fact that blind people can do this too. Blind people can be building robots and participating in competitions and building the accessibility gadgets that they can't buy or don't want to buy or that they have invented themselves. It's really an idea about bootstrapping blind people into the maker movement. And for those who are not familiar with the concept, I excerpted a description of the maker movement from Wikipedia, and this was undoubtedly written by somebody who's active in it. The maker movement is a technology-based extension of do-it-yourself or DIY and revels in the creation of new devices as well as tinkering with existing ones. Typical interests include engineering-oriented pursuits such as electronics, robotics, 3D printing, as well as more traditional activities such as metalworking, woodworking, and traditional arts and crafts. There is a strong focus on using and learning practical skills. So you mentioned Arduino. Tell us a little bit about what Arduino is. Arduino is just one of the many microprocessor-based circuit boards that you can buy or build that is being used everywhere for controlling robots and building little devices. And it's really cheap, and it's really easy to get hold of, and it's actually really easy to work with. So an Arduino board lets you connect up maybe motors and uh, lights and buzzers, and you can also connect up lots of sensors, like maybe light sensors or motion sensors or maybe a uh, pressure sensor or, you know, all sorts of sensors like this. And you can buy these motors and sensors for a couple of dollars each, and you connect them up to the Arduino, and then what you do is you give it a program, you upload a program to it from your, uh, from your computer, And the program tells the circuit board what to do when. So, for example, you could build a scale by when a pressure sensor, depending on how much pressure the sensor uh, detects, it can tell you how much weight is on it. So you can sort of build a little scale. Or you could build a little robot that heads towards light or away from light. Or when it hears a sound, it does a certain thing. So there are all sorts of different platforms that do that. So uh, Arduino is one. A uh, Raspberry Pi is uh, another one that actually is a whole computer on a single board, a whole Linux computer. And so there are lots of different ways to do these types of things. And we just, you know, Arduino is just one of them, but it's an easy one to start with. Josh, why did you decide to use the Arduino as your basic building block? We wanted to start with Arduino because it's so easy to do and um, it doesn't require a lot of knowledge of other systems like Linux or, you know, you don't have to be a Windows guru or a a real computer hacker to figure out how to use an Arduino board. Josh, what got you started working on this effort? My motivation is I want blind and visually impaired students to be in the robotics clubs so that when they choose uh, majors at college, they are on the same footing as other sighted students who want to go into STEM. And um, when I say STEM, I mean science, technology, engineering, and math. I want blind kids to be able to go into STEM fields, just like sighted kids. And these robotics clubs are a springboard into college majors and careers that involve 
science and technology. And I want blind kids to be on the same footing if they're interested in going into those fields as the sighted kids. Wouldn't that be great? In fact, we did a prior episode about improving STEM skills for blind youth through the WizKids Science and Technology Centers, and that was episode number 1432. And Ken, I take it you're working on something similar? You know, what I'm doing is a little different. Now, I do Arduino stuff, but I have started at a different level. The, the kids I'm targeting are much younger, but also I'm moving them into what Josh is doing. So I have uh, things like uh, squishy circuits, which are Play-Doh-based circuitry. A lot of people don't know that Play-Doh is conductive, but you can make conductive Play-Doh and you can make non-conductive Play-Doh. So you can actually make circuits from Play-Doh. Uh, there's also things like snap circuits, which are a learning toy tool that are starting to use in the school systems to learn electronics, not only the uh, K through 12 level, but also the uh, college level in uh, Washington State. They use snap circuits to help a student that is trying for his Ph.D. level, and they've been able to do the entire set of circuits that they have to do as sighted users as a on snap circuits because you can do I mean real electronics with snap circuits whereas Arduino is more microprocessor level snap circuits you actually build the circuits so that's you know one of the tools that I've been messing with for somebody who just wants to get started tinkering in electronics and and get their feet wet as it were that's a really horrible analogy when you're working with electricity what kinds of projects would you suggest a beginner try to do? And what kind of tools, uh, between you, you've been talking about several different toolkits? Well, on my side, I think the best way to start is you're going to have, I mean, you pretty much have to start at the basics, which is, you know, a switch on and off battery. But there's all kinds of tools that you're going to need right up front. And that means as easy as a continuity tester, which you can build yourself. You could build it with a simple snap circuits kit. You can make it with an Arduino. But there are things that would help when you're making circuits if if you can afford it. Uh, there's things like speech modules that you can add to simple projects, including Arduino. But I think I'd like to hear Josh's answer on this one as well, because I think he's got a good list of stuff that he likes to start with. Josh? What are your thoughts about where to get started? Yeah, so one of the things that I've been doing is running workshops, you know, sort of introductory Arduino workshops for people anywhere from, you know, sort of tweens, like, you know, 10 and up, and for adults also. You know, depending on who you're teaching, you need to start at different levels, but it depends on what the motivation is. So so sometimes people are really gung-ho to build build a robot or build something. And you can buy all sorts of Arduino-based kits from Amazon or, or, you know, SparkFun, or there are lots of places where you can buy stuff. So the kits are actually a, often a pretty good place to start, but the problem is um, that you've got to read the documentation. So if you can't see or read print, then the documentation is often the major and only barrier. That can be a problem. So I'm wondering, Ken, how accessible are these kits? Have you found them to be accessible to the visually impaired? When I was at a Maker's Fair, I picked up a kit from letsstartcoding.com. 
And they have little cards with it that are not accessible. On one side of the card, it has the instructions of how to put the legs in. And on the other side, it has a picture of the diagram. But if you go to their website, they actually have the same thing online. And you can follow the instructions on how to put together what Josh is talking about. If you wanted to put a blinking LED with Arduino together with a button, it's very accessible already out of the box. Now, I'd love to make those cards brailled and tactile, but we haven't got to that point yet. But, you know, since you can pick it up online, one of the things I try to tell people is you can't give up when you find one page. For instance, I'm making a talking multimeter, uh, just a simple five volt talking multimeter using a DIY project. But it took me looking at six or seven pages to figure out how the voltage divider went and where the buttons were and which yeah. leads to use. But what I tell people is you can't give up the first time you look at a page and you don't get the information you're looking for. You need to continue to search and you will find accessible ways to do it. It's just a lot of uh, digging and depending on how motivated the student is. And I'm telling you, if people are into electronics, I started at the age of eight with my dad testing tubes. If you're motivated, you're going to start sticking stuff together and pulling uh, the transformers out and shocking your brother. There's just all kinds of fun <laughs> you can have. So, Yeah. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> That's how many of us learn, just playing around and toying with things. To add to what Ken is saying, as I said, a lot of the time, the documentation is the hardest part to do. And, um, and it can be very irritating. You find a project online, you think, oh, this is cool, I'm going to build this. And then it's documented with a bunch of JPEGs, because what they did was they just took pictures of the wiring and thought that that was good enough. And so one of the things that the Blind Arduino Project is doing is um, we have a blog called the Blind Arduino Blog. So one of the things that we're trying to do on that blog is sort of document some of these things that are difficult to suss out. Like, for example, the Arduino has lots of little holes all over it that you're supposed to plug different things into. But um, we've, on the blog, we've created a, um, a descriptive blog post that tells you which holes are where and what stuff is on the Arduino board. So we do a bunch of things like that. Now, there, there are so many kits and cool things to build out there that it would be very difficult to do all of them. But I'm actually in the process of documenting a couple of different robotic car kits that I think are interesting and um, have good teaching aspects to them. That's kind of funny that you mentioned that because American Printing House is testing out snap circuits for the visually impaired or blind. Uh, we have a junior kit that we are field testing right now, and we've got instructions for doing circuits such as, you know, parallel serial, different stuff like that. So basic electronics um, with the junior kit. And the interesting thing is it has a robot kit uh, that I have here at the house, and I, maybe I'll document that one like you're documenting. So we have kind of a more uh, lower-end pickaxe style instead of Arduino. When I say pickaxe, that's another microprocessor, and it's probably easier to program the Arduino because it's, there's less to it. It runs in basic and it's a very interesting kit to program for, you know, switching. And I just made it talk. So I actually have a microprocessor that turns on a light. And when the light comes on, it says light on. When the light goes off, it says light off. And I'm using a speech module that comes from a robotics kit that I'm sure Josh is aware of, the, the activity bots from Parallax. I bought the kit uh, that goes with that, and I tied it in with an older snap circuits thing. So that's part of the fun with the maker stuff is you can take uh, new kits, old kits, and combine them in all kinds of cool ways to do different stuff. 
Josh, you run a lot of classes to teach other people electronics. Where do you start? When I'm teaching a basic beginner's class or workshop, I start out teaching about basic circuits, electricity flow, a little bit about batteries, a little bit about resistors, a little bit about switches and buttons and LEDs and some of the basic things that you want to sort of know about. But after that, you can jump pretty quickly into uh, some pretty sophisticated stuff using Arduino. Now, if what you want to do is really teach electronics, then you need to sort of dwell on those basics and dig a little deeper into you know, voltage dividers and capacitance and some of the physics of electricity that you need to have a good grasp on before you can do your own designing. I mean, one thing I want to point out is that, you know, Ken and I, we know each other and we love what each other are doing. And like, we're, we're working in the same space and the American Printing House is doing this and Chansey Fleet at the New York Public Library yeah. is, is working on, you know, working on stuff too. And John Schimmel at DIY Ability. There's lots of people working in this same space. And the truth is, it's not a competitive thing. It's like this amazing collaborative opportunity because there's so much to do. We could all be working, you know, with the pedal to the metal and we wouldn't, you know, have any collisions because there's so much different stuff to be done here. That's just really fun. I feel like we're also teaching accessibility companies in general a lesson, and I'm seeing it a lot in in the bigger accessibility companies where they're starting to either work together to do bigger things. So uh, the maker movement in general has woke up the community because, you know, one of the things I hear from blind students is how can I make my own this device, whether it be uh, a little MP3 player on their sleeve or how can I make my own six key entry to, to see, you know, how that's done. And now they actually can do that. And it's actually making the other companies that make these note takers and things take notice that it may be a few years down the road that we just build our own devices, 3D print the case. And we're off and running. So, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff in this space. And like Josh said, I can't even keep up with it all. And I spend a lot of time just sitting out there reading documentation and figuring out how to, how to make things work. So it's a lot of fun. We can tell. So you guys are clearly enthusiastic about this and are having a lot of fun doing these projects. How does someone new get involved? Where would you advise them to start? Both of our blogs. <laughs> uh, he has Blind Arduino. Uh, I have BlindElectronics.com, but we're kind of tied together. On I know I have him in the loop, and he has me in the loop, and I think there's a lot of places out there. You know, you can buy the Snap Circuit Kits at Target. If you want to try out a Snap Circuit Kit, a, a mom and dad can use Dymo tape to label the kits, and, and uh, I had uh, my mom and dad or my brother put stuff together, and I'd take them apart, and I'd you know, write the, here I am 46 and I have my parents come over at Christmas to build stuff for me. You were talking about the blogs that you both wrote. Can you give the URL for those? The Blind Arduino blog is blarbl, B-L-A-R-B-L dot blogspot dot com. If you Google Blind Arduino, it actually puts the Blind Arduino blog at the top of the list. So, and, um, my blog is, uh, I lucked out and got blindelectronics.com. I'm expecting uh, Josh to make millions of dollars and come back and buy that from me someday. So, <laughs> um, But for now, that's my blog site. I'm going to be reviewing some of the multimeters that blind people can use and tools like that. 
There's also another site that we should mention called um, Raspberry VI. We actually did an entire episode a couple of years ago where we spoke with somebody about the Raspberry VI, and that was in episode number 1407. Uh, Raspberry VI is a great resource for people that are interested in working with Raspberry Pi, which is, you know, a a great platform for building stuff if you like Linux. Yeah. And about the Raspberry VI real quick. I mean, you can buy the kit at sparkfun.com for the Raspberry full kit that lets you break out all the stuff. And then you can use the Raspberry VI operating system that makes it more accessible. So, you know, you're still buying the same equipment that everybody else buys. But what they've done is made it so it'll boot up as a blind user there's some other ones that like LilyPad, if you want to make wearable stuff and he mentioned the device that would go or like a robot that would go toward light and something some people like to do is make a couple wristbands that have some light sensors on it and maybe hook it up to an arduino and you can wave your arms around and have it vibrate your arm um so there's all kinds of cool tools you can make as a blind user you know you could even make your own vibrating cane So, you know, it's getting to the point where, yes, we can make our own tools and have fun doing it. Well, that's great. That gives people plenty of places to go if they want to get involved in some of these activities. And it sounds like there are plenty of options out there to satisfy almost anybody's curiosity. Now for this week's final item, how to reach Ken and Josh if you have any questions and how to find their writings on the subject of doing electronics projects without using any vision. So if anybody has any questions that they'd like to ask either of you, would you like to share your contact information with our listeners? Sure, I do. My non-work address, because this is the one I do a lot of my blind electronics stuff with, is kperry at blinksoft.com and that's blink your eyes soft so b-l-i-n-k-s-o-f-t.com i also have that blog i was talking about uh blindelectronics.com and i don't mind if people sit there and comment all day and you can get me on twitter at pug.perry and josh yeah of course uh i'm happy for people to email me it's jam at ski.org so that's just my initials at the Smith Kettlewell Institute.org. And people can also follow me on Twitter, um, Berkeley Blink. Ken, I love that you've got Blinksoft. That's super cool. And of course, the Blind Arduino blog is blarble, B L A R B L dot blogspot dot com. You can reach me that way as well. Um, we also have a hashtag that we're using that I'd love it if um, other people wanted to pick up on um, just hashtag blind Arduino is a way of marking on Twitter that you're talking about stuff related to doesn't have to be Arduino specific. It's just anything related to blind electronics, but it's a little shorter than blind electronics. It's sort of, if it's blind Arduino ish, then feel free to hit the hashtag and let the rest of us know about it. Well, if any of you are interested in getting involved in any of these type activities, learning a little bit about electronics or just connecting with this group of people, you should go to our show notes where we have many of these resources listed. And you can find that at www.eyesonsuccess.net. 
That's it for show number 1803. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about eSight eyewear. Developed for people who are legally blind, the electronic glasses made by eSight can help individuals with a variety of visual impairments actually see better and can be used for virtually all activities of daily living. We'll speak with Jeffrey Fenton, Director of Outreach and Communications for eSight, about the device and how it can be used. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.